You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Psalm 118, the middle chapter of our Bible. The middle chapter of our English Bible, Psalm 118. The middle verse of the Bible, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Psalm 118, verse 8. I have got to stop having Brother Danny lead the singing and Brother Rusty read the scripture and pray because they preach my message before I'm able to get up. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. God is good. God is so good. God is too good. God is always good. Now, we live in Texas, so you know how this goes. When someone says God is good, and all the time, very good. We might do that throughout, okay? So... If I see anybody falling asleep, I'm just going to go up to you and put the mic right up to you. (laughs) Why are we able to say that? Because it's true. We're done for the day. (laughs) You're right. Why, okay, why are we able to say God is good? What allows us, even when times are bad, like Brother Danny said, even when times are bad, to say truthfully, God is good. Now, you don't have to look far for the answer. It says it right in the verse. Because? Because his mercy endureth forever. Because his mercy endureth forever. Every living being that has ever existed on this earth has existed because of God's mercy. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Every breath we take passes through God's mercy. Every step we take lights on God's mercy. Every day we experience begins in God's mercy. Every piece of our life is moved by the hand of God's mercy, whether we understand where those pieces are moved or not, or whether or not we are playing with all of our pieces. This is why the psalm begins with a call for everybody to acknowledge. Look in verse, look in verse 2. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. You know the song, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. That's what we're going to do this morning. For some of us, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've counted our blessings. We're walking around singing Count our troubles, name them one by one. We're going to count our blessings this morning. Now, I have a question. Have you ever met somebody that you just do not agree with? <laughs> I, I could further that question, but I'm going to, I'll just leave it there. Have you ever met somebody that you just don't agree with? You say creamy peanut butter, and they say chunky peanut butter. Who's, you, chunky? How many of you creamy peanut butter people? Amen, you're right with God, that's good. (laughs) Now I'm the opposite with mashed potatoes, chunky mashed potatoes. Why why are you always hungry in church? It's because the pastor won't stop talking about food. (laughs) 
You say medium rare, they say well done. Now that is wrong. <laughs> you say pulp, they say no pulp. You say yes, they say no. You say Apple, they say Samsung. Bless their heart. You say east, they say west. You say hot, they say cold. But even when you meet somebody like that, where you're just constantly going back and forth with them, have you ever had, like, okay, can we at least agree on this? And maybe it's something so general. Like, you know, there's nothing better than finding $20 in your jacket from last year. Right? That's pretty good. So can we at least agree on something? Well, here's something that all of us can agree in an extremely divided world, in a horribly divided country, we can all come together on this. God is good because his mercy endureth forever. And let us never get our eyes off of that. Let Israel now say, you know what that is? That's publicly. Say in public, his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, you know, that's the, that's the priests saying it. And by the way, you know what God calls us? Priests. Let them now that fear the Lord say, you know what that is? That's personal. And there's something amazing about public praise. There's something amazing about God's people praising. But I think the best praise is when you are just alone with God, telling him how incredible he is. Let them know that his mercy endureth forever. Nobody makes anything to last forever anymore. Cars break down. Light bulbs burn out. Insurance has terms. Much is disposable. Few things are dependable. But God's mercy endureth forever. And that's why we can say he is always good. What is mercy? Mercy is not giving somebody the punishment that they deserve. There's a story about Napoleon finding a young man in his army that got in trouble for the same thing twice. So he sentenced him to death. And his mother came before Napoleon and fell down before him and said, I am asking that you would spare my son. And he said, your son has committed the same crime twice. Justice calls for him to be put to death. And the mother said, I'm not asking for justice. I'm asking for mercy. And Napoleon said, but your son doesn't deserve mercy. And the mother said, if, it, if he deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. And he spared her son. Hopefully he didn't make the same mistake again. Mercy is not giving somebody the punishment that they deserve. So for God Almighty to be good to me? For God to be good to you? That is mercy. We live in a society of entitlement. Everybody owes me something. You owe me your ears. You owe me your college for free. You owe me this. You owe me that. You, everybody owes me something. The Bible says the only thing that we deserve is hell. It's the only thing we deserve. And yet, and yet, and we're going to go through this whole chapter here. And yet, look at how good, look at how good God is to us. People who deserve nothing but eternity in hell because of our sin. Look at how good he is to us. Look at verse 5. 
I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Oh, I think we need to read that again. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. What a privilege it is to say that we are on the Lord's side. We are on the Lord's side. We're on the winning side. How much more incredible is it then to say the Lord is on yours? The Lord is on my side. I think it's easy for us to say, I'm on the Lord's side, and you should be. But for, but for us to be able to say, the Lord is on my side. The Lord taketh my part. God, God, hears us. God helps us. God fights for us. Then what can man do unto us? I will not fear. It's, it's hard to explain. But I have seen many of God's children enduring times of great distress and anguish. And yet they're not afraid. You can be in great distress, like verse 5, and yet not be afraid, like verse 6. I will not fear. How can I fear when Jesus is near and he ever watches over me? When God takes my part with them that help me, those that hate me, they've got no chance. They've got no chance. Now let's be clear. There is something very special, incredibly special about having people here on this earth that help you. Friends and family, church family, whoever it may be, there's something incredibly special about having that earthly bond. You know what I'm talking about? you learn very quickly in life there are always going to be those who hate you. But there are also those who are willing to help you. A good friend. A friend that's willing to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. That's a true friend. This country is in trouble today because preachers are too busy telling people what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear, and what I need to hear. God is so good to give us people in our lives that we can rely on for help, and I love friends and family that God has provided me here, friends that you can count on to help you when you need them the most. But any true friend will know what you mean, and they're not going to be offended when you look at them. You say, as much as I appreciate you, and as much as I thank you for your help to me, it's better, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Who are princes? Those are, the, those are the best, the best of men, the ones that you should be able to trust, the ones that should be leading their lives in honor and justice. But it's still better. Even the best of men are only men at best. I'll take as many people on my side as the Lord will give me. But at the end of the day, you know what you need? You need him. You need him. And there will be times, there will be times, church, when he's all you've got. 
Some of you are going through a time like that right now. He's all you've got. Now, you have friends, but maybe your friends can't be there because they don't understand what you're going through. Maybe they won't be there because they weren't true friends. Maybe they don't want to be. There will always be times when you face a battle that only you can fight. There will be times when you bear burdens that only you can bear. And it seems like it's you against everybody. And you look at the people that you want to help you the most and they say, I'm sorry, I can't, can't be there for you. This is yours. This is your fight. Look in verse 10. All nations compassed me about. But in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about. Yea, they compassed me about. But in the name of the Lord. How many of you mark your Bible? Okay. Do you see the repetition here? Verse 10. All nations compassed me about, but what? In the name of the Lord will I destroy them. They compassed me about. Yea, they compassed me about. But in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compassed me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. You know, a fire of thorns, it burns furiously, but fleetingly. In the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Three times in those verses. In the name of the Lord. Look at verse 13. Who do you think this is talking about? It's talking about plural, nations all around me, compassing me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. And then it comes down singular, verse 13. Thou, who's behind it all? Who's the one? Pulling the strings, Christian, to bring you down. Who's the one launching the attack? No, maybe he can't take your soul to hell. He'll bring hell to you. Thou hast thrust me sore that I might fall, but the Lord help me. The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. See if you find some more repetitions here. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. My sister-in-law um, started in college, started uh, nannying. I didn't even know that was a thing. Nannying and making really good money watching uh, kids and a big house, you know, just enormous house, and they had two precious little girls. And um, rarely saw the dad. The dad was always traveling, you know, and doing all these things. Well, my brother comes uh, one day, and um, he comes over, and he's meeting the family, and he meets the dad. Well, Abe just happens to, it's my brother, Abe just happens to let the dad know, oh, I have to go to Firestone just down the street because I'm having some trouble with my tires. I just really need to get them all replaced. And the man goes, you're going to Firestone right down the street? He said, yes. He said, okay, hang on a second. And he walks into another room, and he comes back. And he says, I want you to go there, and I want you to tell them so-and-so sent you. And he gave his name. He said, I've told them you're coming, and I told them to take care of you. My brother goes to Firestone, walks in. Hey, sir, how can I help you? Yes, my name is Abraham Che, and so-and-so sent me. 
Yes, sir, absolutely. Have a seat right here. Do you want something to drink? You want some coffee? You want anything? They put four brand new tires plus a spare, no charge. Turns out Mandy was nannying for one of the corporate executives of Firestone. So when he calls and says, this guy that you have no idea who he is, he's coming in, but I sent him. Take care of him. My brother walks in like any other customer who needs to pay for their services. But when he drops that name, suddenly, suddenly my brother, can't say that word today, suddenly, there we go. My brother is treated like he's the executive. Remember David? Okay, David against Goliath. Goliath wins every time. A youth versus another one who's been a soldier from his youth. Goliath wins every time. Now David was certainly cunning. He killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. It's pretty good. I've never done that before. Have you? Anybody? <laughs> I run from a squirrel. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that, by the way. I appreciate it. <laughs> he knew how to use a sling, really good with a sling. That didn't bring him the victory. You know what brought him the victory? When he said, you come to me with swords and a spear and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. The victory was won right then. David at that moment became the greatest warrior because he came in the Lord's name. Who are we? Who are we? What do we, have to, what do we have to offer? How intimidating is it to the devil? You know who you're messing with? Johnny Che. Ooh, shaking in my boots. But when you stand there and you say, in the name of the Lord, I come to you in the name of the Lord. It's not your hand that raises up then. It's God's right hand that raises up. And it doeth valiantly. It is exalted. It doeth valiantly. It does valiantly enough, you need to say it twice. His right hand comes up and he slays everybody. He is our strength. He is our song. He is our salvation. When you are surrounded by nations, you know what you're thinking? I'm dead. But then you're saying, I shall not die, but live. And praise the Lord. You know what? If anybody should know the strength of God's right hand, if anybody should, should praise the Lord first, who should it be? Those who dwell in the tabernacles of the righteous. In verse 15, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. What chance do we have on our own, but we're not on our own. When Satan thrusts a sword that we might fall, the Lord helps us. 
When it seems like all hope is lost, all God had to do is lift his right hand. All those compassing me about are brought down. God is good. But then you get to verse 18. And does it seem out of place? Does verse 18 seem out of place to you? You're riding this, this wave of happiness and joy and victory. I called unto the Lord in my distress, and he heard me, and he helped me. He came to me, and he, you know, he lifted me up. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in, prisons, in princes. In the name of the Lord, I shall do this and this and destroy them all. And then verse 18, the Lord hath chastened me sore. But he hath not given me over unto death. My dad owned a camera shop in Park Ridge, Illinois. That's where I grew up. And sometimes in the morning, we would just drive with dad. He would get up five in the morning. We would drive about an hour to get to his shop. And it was just me and my brother. And we had to find something to do at dad's shop. You could take, okay, so camera used to have film. And you would put the film, like, what? You would put the film in, and you would do the right? Uh, but you had a little canister there, and those things, if you squeezed them just right, they would, and those would become like weapons. We would get in rubber band wars. We would go across the street, and there was a Walgreens. Uh, there was an amazing pizza place down the street. Every once in a while, we could go there. There was an aquarium down this way. And we got to see that. And we, if, we, if we were really lucky, we got to touch the shark. But anyways, we were right there with dad. And I can't tell you how many times, if you don't know much about me, I was a troublemaker growing up. I know, hard to believe, but I was. Uh, so many times in the morning, I would do something. My brother would never do anything. He was the angel who never did anything wrong. I would do something. And dad would say, you know what? I don't have time to deal with this now. When, you, when we get home, you're going to get it. And by the way, parents, spanking is okay. People turn out all right. So, yeah, don't take me as a case study, please. <laughs> he would say, when you get home, you're going to get it. And I'm looking at the clock, and it's 8.45 in the morning. You know how much fun I'm having the rest of the day? None. None. I'm just going around, you know, singing, nobody likes me, everybody hates me. I'm like, Dad, just kill me now. Just kill me now. My day is done. So think about this. 18, we're like, you know, riding this wave of happiness and joy, and suddenly the, the Lord hath chastened me sore but he hath not given me over to death. But let's think about something here. It's right in place. And it's not even a downer. Of all the times we have found ourselves in a situation where it's us in trouble and nobody else can help us, who put us in that position? 99 times out of 100? And yet we cry unto the Lord in our distress. And yet even though we're in a mess of our own making, we can claim his name for victory. 
And when we call onto him, he comes to our rescue and he raises his right hand and does valiantly and we praise him. Yes, Lord, thank you, devil, get out of here. And then that same right hand points at us and says, who got you in that mess? Don't do that again. We can't expect the Lord to love us enough to help us, but not love us enough to correct us. When we're doing wrong, when dad looked at me and said, you're going to get it when you get home, I knew what that meant in detail. I didn't like that. But now that I'm older, I am so thankful that my parents loved me enough to teach me what was right and what was wrong. Because I was going to have to learn that lesson sooner or later. And I was, in, I was either going to learn it from my parents or I was going to learn it from the government. And we see the problem with that right now, don't we? But that's not what this message is about. So we'll move forward. Even when we're in trouble, he comes to our aid. But then don't be surprised when he corrects us. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. He could have easily said, you got yourself into that mess. Good luck. What chance would we have? God is so good. Good enough to help, good enough to correct. And you know what? Sometimes the greatest way to know that you are God's child is when he corrects you. If ye endure chastening, Hebrews says, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? And that's why the next verses, they're not dark. They're not depressing. God has chastened me sore. No, look in verse 19. What does it start with? Open to me. Open to me the gates of righteousness. Let's read that. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. The gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. You know this verse. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. What would allow sinful men to come to the gates of righteousness and say with confidence, open to me. Open to me the gates of righteousness. You have to be righteous in order to open or in order to go into the gates of righteousness. Verse 20 says that. And man left to our own, you know how much righteousness we have? Zip, zilch, zero, donut, goose egg. So you have to be righteous. So in other words, somebody needs to come down and save us from our unrighteousness. Somebody has to give us access to the gates of righteousness if we're going to go into the gates of righteousness. He came. He came, he was born of a virgin, he was made in the likeness of men. And you know what man did? They rejected him. Do you know what we did when we sinned? 
That first time after the similitude of Adam, you know what we did? We rejected him. Man mocked him. They crucified him. And still, and still, he hung on that cross for you and me. And he died, and he was buried, but three days later, the stone that all of mankind in sin has said, nope, that's not what we want. Well, guess what? It's the cornerstone now. And that's always been God's plan. Since, since before the world began, God had the day of redemption planned. Man falls in Genesis chapter 3, Genesis 3.15. Here's my plan. The seed of the woman. When Jesus comes down, despite the fact that we have rejected him, he still comes. The stone which the builders refused becomes the cornerstone. He rose again. He ever lives to make intercession for us. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day, that day of redemption. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Do you remember the day when Jesus saved you? Do you remember the day when he found you without strength, without hope? And he came down to you where you were. Do you remember that day when you said, save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, today can be your day of salvation. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord, and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him later. Now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. You know, I'm almost done. I am so glad. I am so thankful for my salvation. But do you know something that I'm more thankful for? The Savior that brought the salvation. Never be more thankful for your salvation than you are for the Savior that brought that salvation. Look in verse 26. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord who hath showed us light. Oh, Jesus was the light of the world. Bind the sacrifice with cords even unto the horns of the altar as Abraham bound Isaac, his own precious son, to that altar and was willing to sacrifice him. That is what God did to his only begotten son. And he did it for you and me. Thou art my God and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, I will exalt thee. Let's do it again. You ready? God is good and all the time. He's so good. He's too good. He's always good. And this psalm leads us to ask, what causes God, going all the way back from the beginning, what causes God to hear our prayers? In verse 5. What causes God to fight our battles for us? To take my part with them that help me so that I can find my desire over those that hate me? What causes God to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother? When all men forsake, he is there. What causes God to give us the privilege to claim victory in his name? What causes him to raise his right hand valiantly against our enemies, rescue us from our trouble, and then correct us when we're wrong? 
What causes God to open the door of righteousness to us even after we have rejected his son by our sin? What causes God to plan the day of redemption since before the world began so that sinful men like us can spend eternity with him? One word. Mercy. It is not what we deserve. Instead of giving us what we deserve, he gives us mercy. As long as we are alive, we are recipients of his mercy. Therefore, as long as we are alive, no matter what happens, we can say God is good all the time. So what do we do? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endures forever. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.